7pm. Dad is annoying me so much. He just comes to the door, looks in and laughs, and then he goes away for a bit. He brought Uncle Eddie upstairs for a look. What am I, a daughter or a fairground attraction? Uncle Eddie said. Never mind, if they don't grow back, you and I can go into showbiz. We can do a double act doing impressions of billiard balls. Oh, how I laughed. Not. 8pm. The only nice person is Libby. She was stroking where my eyebrows used to be, and then she went off and brought me a lump of cheese. Great, I have become rat woman. I wonder who our form teacher will be. Pray God it's not Hawkeye Heaton. I don't want her to be constantly reminded of the unfortunate locust incident. Who would have thought a few locusts could eat so much in so little time? When I let them out into the biology lab for a bit of a fly around, I wouldn't have expected them to eat the curtains. Strikes me that Hawkeye has very little sense of humour. She's also about a hundred and a miss, which speaks volumes in my book. Mind you, as Ratwoman, I'll probably end up as a teacher of biology in some poxy girls' school, like her, having cats and warm milk, wearing huge knickers, listening to the radio, being interested in things. I may as well kill myself. I would if I could be bothered, but I'm too depressed. Saturday, August 29th, 10am. M and D went out to town to buy stuff. Mum said, did I want her to buy some school shoes for me? I glanced meaningfully at her shoes. It's sad that someone of her mature years tries to keep up with us young ones. You'd think she'd be ashamed to be mutton dressed as lamb, but no. I could see her knickers when she sat down the other day, and I wasn't the only one. 11am. Phone rang. Ellen and Julia and Jazz are coming round after they've been to town. Apparently, Jazz has seen someone in a shop that she really likes. I suppose this is what life will be like for me. Never having a boyfriend, always just living through others. Noon. I was glancing through Just Seventeen and it listed kissing techniques. What I don't understand is how do you know when to do it and how do you know which side to go to? You don't want to be bobbing around like pigeons for hours, but I couldn't tell much from the photos. I wish I'd never read it. It's made me more nervous and confused than I was before. Still, why should I care? I'm going to be staying in for the rest of my life. Unless some gorgeous boy loses his way and wanders into my street and then finds his way up the stairs into my bedroom with a blindfold on, I am stuck between these four walls forever. 12.15pm. Perhaps, as I can't go out, I can use my time wisely. I may tidy my room and put all my dresses in one part of my wardrobe and so on. 12.17pm. I hate housework. 12.18pm. If I marry, or, as is much more likely, become a high-flying executive lesbian, I'm never going to do housework. I will have to have an assistant. I have no talent for tidying. Mum thinks that I deliberately ignore the obvious things, but the truth is I can't tell the difference between tidy and not tidy. When Mum says, will you just tidy up the kitchen? I look around and I think, well, there's a few pans on the side and so on, but I think it looks okay. And then the row begins. 2pm. Putting the coffee on for the girls. It's instant, but if you mix the coffee with sugar in the cup for ages, it goes into a sort of paste. Then you add water, and it's like espresso. It makes your arms ache like bilio, though. 7pm. Brilliant afternoon. We tried all different makeups. I've been sellotaping my fringe to make it longer and straighter and to cover up the space where my eyebrows were. Jazz said, 
It makes you look like you've escaped from the funny lad's home. Ellen says, if I emphasise my mouth and eyes, then attention will be drawn away from my nose. So it's heavy lippy for me from now on. We were all lolling about on my bed listening to the top 40, and Jazz told us about the gorgeous boy in the shop. She knows he's called Tom because someone called him Tom in the shop he works in. Super sleuth. We all pledged that we would wait until I can go out again, and then we will go and look at him. Talk then turned to kissing. Ellen said, I went to a Christmas party at my cousin's last year, and this boy from Liverpool was there. I think he was a sailor. Anyway, he was 19 or something, and he brought some mistletoe over, and he kissed me. We were full-on, attention-wise. I said, what was it like? Ellen said, a, a bit on the wet side, like a sort of warm jelly feeling. Jazz said, did he have his lips closed or open? Ellen thought, a, a bit, bit open. I asked, did his tongue pop out? Ellen said, no, no, just his lips. I wanted to know what she did with her tongue. Well, I just left it where it normally is. I persisted. What about your teeth? Ellen was a bit exasperated. Oh, yeah, I took those out. I looked a bit hurt. You know, like I was only asking. She said, I can't really remember. It was a bit tickly, uh, 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 and it didn't last long, but I liked it, I think. It's quite nice, but he had a girlfriend, and I suppose he thought I was just a little 13-year-old who hadn't been around much. I said, he was right. 10pm. My sister Libby kisses me on the mouth quite a lot, but I don't think sisters count, unless I'm a lesbian, in which case it's all good practice, probably. 11pm. Through my curtains I can see a big yellow moon. I'm thinking of all the people in the world who'll be looking at that same moon. I wonder how many of them haven't got any eyebrows. Sunday, August 30th, 11am. Thank God they're all actually going out at last. What is all this happy family nonsense? All this, we should do things as a family. As I pointed out to Dad, we are four people who, through great misfortune, happen to be stuck in the same house. Why make it worse by hanging around in garden centres or going for a walk together? Anyway, Rat Woman does not go out. She just hangs around in her bedroom for the next 40 years to avoid being laughed at by strangers. I will never, ever have a boyfriend. It's not fair. There are some really stupid people and they get boyfriends. Zoe Ball gets really nice boyfriends and she's got sticky-out ears. 1pm. I still haven't tackled Dad about his apron. 1.15pm. God, I'm bored. I can see Mr and Mrs Next Door in their greenhouse. What do people do in them? If I end up with someone like Mr Next Door, I will definitely kill myself. He has the largest bottom I have ever seen. It amazes me he can get in the greenhouse. One day, his bottom will be so large, he will have to live in the greenhouse and have bits of chop passed to him and so on. Oh, quel dommage, sacre bleu, le gros monsieur dans la maison de glace. One twenty pm I may start a neighbourhood newspaper. One twenty-two pm Oh, dear. I've just seen Angus hunkering down in the long grass. He's stalking their poodle. I'll have to intervene to avert a massacre. Oh, it's OK. Mrs Nextdoor has thrown a brick at him. 11pm. What a long, boring day. I 
hate Sundays. They're deliberately invented by people who have no life and no friends. On the plus side, I've got six o'clock shadow on the eyebrow front. Operation Sausage Tuesday, September 1st, 10am. Six days to school and counting. I wish my mum could be emancipated, a feminist, a working mother, etc., and manage to do my ironing. I thought I'd wear my pencil-lined skirt the first day back with hold-up stockings and my ankle boots. I'm still not really resolved in the makeup department because if I do run into Hawkeye, she'll make me take it off if she spots it. Then I'll get that shiny red face look which is so popular with PE teachers. On the other hand, I cannot possibly risk walking to school without makeup on. No matter how much I stick to the side streets, sooner or later I will be bound to bump into the Foxwood lads. The biggest worry of all is the bloody beret. I must consult with the gang to see what our plan is. 5pm. We're having an emergency beret and other forms of torture meeting tomorrow at my place again. I've got eyebrows now but still look a bit on the startled earwig side. 7pm. After tea, when Dad was doing the washing up, I said casually, Why don't you wear your special apron, Dad? He went ballistic and said I shouldn't be prying through his drawers. I said, I think I've got a right to know if my dad is a transvestite. Mum laughed, which made him even madder. You encourage her, Connie. You show no respect, so how can she? Mum said, Calm down, Bob. Of course I respect you. It's just that it is quite funny to think of you as a transvestite. Then she started laughing again. Dad went off to the pub, thank goodness. Mum said, It's his Masonic apron. You know, that huddly dudley pulling up one sock, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, sort of thing. I smiled and nodded, but I hadn't the remotest idea what she's talking about. 11.30pm. Why couldn't I be adopted? I wonder if it's too late. Am I too old to ring Esther Ranson's helpline? I might get Esther. Good grief. Wednesday, September 2nd. Five days to purgatory. 10am. Oh, no. It's here already. As a special treat... My cousin James is coming to stay with us overnight. I mean, I used to like him and we were quite close as kids and everything, but he's so goofy now. His voice is all peculiar and he's got a funny smell. Not hamsterish like Libby, but sort of doggy cheesy. I don't think all boys smell like that. Perhaps it's because he's my cousin. 2pm. James is actually not such bad fun. He seems much younger than me. Still wants to do mad dancing to old records like we used to. We worked out some dance routines to old soul records of mums. Reach out, I'll be there by the four tops was quite dramatic. It has two pointy points, one hand on heart, one hand on head, a shimmy and a full turnaround. Sadly, there's not much room in my bedroom and James trod on Angus, who, as usual, went berserk. Actually, it would be more unusual to say Angus went calm. Anyway, he ran up the curtains and finally got on top of the door and crouched there, hissing. Angus, that is, not James. We tried to get him down, and also we tried to get to the bathroom, but he wouldn't let us. If we tried to get through the door, he'd strike out with his huge paw. I think he's part cat, part cobra. In the end, Mum got him down with some sardines. 7pm. After tea, James and I were listening to records and talking about what we were going to do after we ditched the olds, as we call our parents. I'm going to be a comedy actress or someone like those it girls who don't actually do anything except be it. The newspapers follow them all day and the headlines say, Ooh, look, there is Tara Pompey Tububy going out to buy some biscuits. Or, 
Tamsin Snaggletooth Polyplops go skiing in fur bikini, and they just make money from that. That is me, that is. James wants to do something electronic, whatever that means. I didn't encourage him to explain because I felt a coma coming on. He wants to travel first, though. I said, oh, do you? Where? Thinking Himalayas, yak butter, opium dens, and he said, well, the Silly Isles in particular. 11pm. Something a bit weird happened. We went to bed. James slept in a sleeping bag on some cushions on the floor and we were chatting about pulp and so on and then I felt this pressure on my leg. He had reached out and held my leg. I didn't know what to do so I kept really still so that he might think he'd just got hold of a piece of the bed or something. I stayed still for ages but then I think I must have dropped off. Thursday, September 3rd, 9am. At last, the eyebrows are starting to look normal. 2pm. James went home. The leg incident was not mentioned. Boys are truly weird. 5pm. Libby has the flu. She's all pale and miserable. I let her sleep in my bed and she was snuffling, poor thing. Poor little thing. I really love my sister. 8.30pm. Took Lib some hot milk and thought she might like me to read The Magic Faraway Tree, she said. Yeah, now, more, please, and sat herself up in my bed. Then, as I opened the book, she took my duvet cover and blew her nose on it. It's absolutely covered in green snot. Who would have thought such a tiny girl could produce a bucket of snot? 10pm. I had to sleep in the sleeping bag. What a life! Friday, September 4th, 11am. Emergency beret and other forms of torture meeting to be held this afternoon. I've decided that my eyebrows have recovered enough to venture out, obviously not on their own. I feel like one of those blokes who've been held in solitary in a cellar and come out into the daylight blinking. We go to Costa Rico's for cappuccino. I hate cappuccino, but everyone drinks it, so you can't say no. I haven't been out for weeks! Well, five days. Town looks great, like New York, but without the skyscrapers and Americans. We decide we'll have the meeting and then go and sneak a look at the boy that Jazz likes, Tom. He works in Jennings. I said, what, the grocers? Jazz said, it's a greengrocer come delicatessen. And I said, yeah, well, it sells hummus. And she said, and yoghurt? And I said, oh, quel dommage. I forgot the yoghurt. Yeah, it's like going to Paris going to that shop apart from the turnips. Jazz sort of went red, so I thought I would shut up. Jazz doesn't get angry very often, but she has a hefty kick. Jules said, Shall we talk beret plan? At our stupid school, you have to wear a beret with your outdoor uniform. It's a real pain because, as we know, everyone, and especially the French who invented it, looks like a stupid prat in a beret, and they flatten your hair, Last term, we perfected a way of wearing it like a pancake. You flatten it out and then pin it with hair grips right at the back of your head. Still a pain, but you can't see it from the front. Ellen said she'd made up a different method called the sausage. She showed us how to do it. She rolled her berry up really tight like a little sausage and then pinned it with hair grips right at the back in the centre of her head. You could hardly see it at all. It was brilliant. We decided to instigate... Operation Sausage at the beginning of the term. It's been a constant battle about these berets, 
The so-called grown-ups will not negotiate with us. We sent a deputation to the headmistress, Slim, so-called because she weighs 25 stone, at least. Her feet cascade out of her shoes. At the deputation, we asked why we had to wear berets. She said it was to keep standards up and to enhance the image of the school in the community. I said, but the boys from Foxwood call out, have you got any onions? I don't think they do respect us. I think they make a mock and a sham of us. Slim shook herself. It was a sort of habit that she had when she was irritated with us. That is, all of the time. It made her look like a jelly with shoes on. Georgia, you've had my last word on this. Berets are to be worn to and from school. Why not think about something a bit more important? Like perhaps getting less than 21 poor conduct marks next term. Oh, go on. Play the old record again. Just because I'm lively. We did have another campaign last year, which was, if you want us to wear our berets, let's really wear our berets. This involved the whole of our year pulling their berets right down over their heads with just their ears showing. It was very stunning seeing 100 girls at the bus stop with just their ears showing. We stopped eventually, even though it really infuriated Slim and Hawkeye, because it was terribly hot and you couldn't see where you were going and it played havoc with your hair. Meeting over and time for boy stalking. Jazz was a bit nervous about us all going into the shop. She's not actually spoken to Tom, well, apart from saying, two pounds of greens. We decided that we'd lurk casually outside and then, when she went in to be served, we'd sort of accidentally spot her and pop into the shop and say, hi. This would be casual and give us the chance to give him the once over and also give the wrong impression that Jazz is a very popular person. Jazz popped to the loose to make herself look natural with pantstick, etc. Then she went into Jennings. I gave it five minutes, and then I was the first one to walk by the shop doorway. Jazz was talking to a tall, dark-haired boy in black jeans. He was smiling as he handed over some onions. Jazz was a bit flushed and was twiddling with a fringe. It was a very irritating habit she had. Anyway, I stopped in my tracks and said in a tone of delight and surprise, which convinced even me, Jazz! Hi! What are you here and I gave her a really warm hug managing to say in her ear leave your bloody fringe alone when I stopped hugging her she said hi Georgie I was just buying some onions and I laughed and said well you know your onions don't you Jazz then Ellen and Jules came in with arms outstretched and shrieking with excitement Jazz Jazz how lovely gosh we haven't seen you for ages how are you Meanwhile, the boy Tom stood there. Jazz said to him, Oh, I'm really sorry to keep you waiting. And he just went, That's cool. And Jazz asked him how much she owed him. And then she said, Bye then, thanks. And he said, See you later. And we were outside. When we got a few metres away, we didn't say anything. But sort of spontaneously, all started running as fast as we could and laughing. 7pm. Just spoke to Jazz on the phone. She thinks Tom is even more gorgeous, but she doesn't know whether he likes her, so we have to go through the whole thing. I could hear Jazz's dad in the background saying, If you see each other tomorrow, can't you wait and not add to my phone bill? Parents are all the same, all skin flints. Anyway, Jazz said, He said, See you later. I agreed, but added thoughtfully, But he might say that to everyone, like a sort of, See you later sort of thing. That upset her. You mean you don't think he likes me? I said, 
I didn't say that. You might never say, see you later, unless you mean, see you later. That cheered her up. So you think you might mean, see you later then? I said, yes. She was quiet for a bit. I could hear her chewing her chewing gum. Then she started again. When is later, though? Honestly, we could be here all night. I said, Jazz, I don't know. Why don't you decide when later is? She stopped chewing then. You mean I should ask him out? I could see my book sort of beckoning to me, saying, Come and read me, come and read me, you know you want to. So I was firm, but fair. It's up to you, Jazz, but I know what Sharon Stone would do. Good night.